0: Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network. As a part of the Fans First Sports Network, thank you for joining me. Happy Friday, folks. We have done it. We're here. Next week at this time, I will be talking about a drafted stealer. That's exciting. I'm excited. You're excited. We're all excited. Everyone's excited. And there really, thankfully, is no news except the fact that it is being reported, and this was on Wednesday evening, that uh, Allen Robinson II, he did pass a physical the Steelers have not made that trade official yet, but everyone said it's good to go. So for those of you that might be doubting things, well, maybe that's some room for doubt. But nonetheless, it seems like the Steelers have acquired Allen Robinson from the L.A. Rams. We talked about that on Wednesday. If you missed that show and the mailbag segment, please go back and check that one out because I I think you're going to like it. I really do. Today's topic is something that I did talk about on that Wednesday show. And it's all pertaining to the 2023 NFL Draft. Obviously, it's about the NFL Draft. And it's about the fact that, you know, we talked about a couple weeks ago, you know, expectations for these rookies and how, if you look back at previous draft classes, it doesn't always work out for these rookie classes. We always have so much hope. We always think that these players are always going to pan out. And it just doesn't happen that way. However, you should hopefully at least get uh, a day one, you know, maybe not a day one starter, but some starters out of a draft class. When you talk about a day one starter in particular. I think it's important that we first diagnose what that is, define what that is. That is a player who is drafted. And I, I don't think it matters what round they're drafted in, but they're drafted and they start from day one. This isn't the, well, in week six, they really started to turn it on when they started to see more playing time. No, that's not it. I think back to Martavis Bryant, freak of an athlete, scored out of this world at the NFL scouting combine. He didn't really play a lot. I think he was inactive for the first few weeks of his NFL career, and then finally he got, he started dressing, and then I think it was week four, or anywhere between weeks four and six, that he started to really turn it on. So, That is the difference there. Day one starters versus contributor, there is a difference. Now, there are round two picks who have started. I mean, think about it. Just the last few years. Last year, George Pickens, he was a starting wide receiver from day one. Sure, he didn't play as many snaps as Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool early, but he was playing significant snaps, had a significant role on the team from day one. You can go back to Chase Claypool's rookie year in 2020. Same story. The dude played a lot in his rookie year. Pat Fryermuth, as a rookie in 2021, he also had a significant role. But most of these players that we talk about in draft classes, they were eased into action. And you could even look at those three players I just mentioned, George Pickens, Chase Claypool, and Pat Fryermuth, and they too were eased into things. They were eased into things because day one starters, as rookies, day one starters, Mike Tomlin doesn't like that. That's not his M.O. That is not his, uh, you know, his cup of tea, so to speak. He doesn't like starting rookies. It is rare. We have seen some of these in the past few seasons. Najee Harris is number one, I think. He was a starter from the get-go. From the moment they called his name at the podium, everyone and their brother knew that Najee Harris was going to be starting. Devin Bush actually I don't know if he started, but he played significant snaps. And I brought up Chase Claypool. I think that when you go back to what... And, and again, this is one of the sticking points in my mind. You think, go back to Kevin Colbert's comments. He said this is his final press conference before the, his last draft. So this is before the 2022 draft. He was asked about players in particular, what their expectations are for them. And he talked about how in rounds one through three, they are expecting those players to eventually be starters it might not happen right away but any pick from rounds one through three that they're under his regime and this is why i said it's a sticking point because omar khan andy weedle they're different they're doing things differently so we don't know if it's the same but that was the standard that was set they expect them to be starters but i'm talking about these players that come in and from the moment they're drafted they are inserted into the starting lineup it didn't happen with kenny pickett It did happen with Najee Harris, so we've seen both of these. I do think it's important that we understand that when you look at this upcoming draft class, and I'm talking about the the creme de la creme, the cream of the crop in this draft class, especially positions the Steelers are targeting. They're not targeting a quarterback. If the Steelers are going to get a day one starter out of this group, especially in the first round, they might they might have to be aggressive. I hate to say that, but they might have to be aggressive. You know, ESPN did an article. I covered it for the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. That website does still exist. And there was someone had, they had trades for both ways. They had them trading up potentially, I think, to 12 for the Houston Texans pick. And then I think that was to get a tackle. I want to say it was Paris Johnson Jr. And then they also had them going back and trading back with, I don't know if it was like Seattle or someone, and they garnered another third-round pick uh, or something of that nature. I think if they're going to want that day one starter, they're going to have to be aggressive and go up. So let's look at the positions that could use a day one starter on the Steelers' current roster. And these are prioritized. Normally, I just say it's a list. I'm just putting stuff down on paper. It's, It's how it just rolls. No, in this case, I am prioritizing these. So left tackle... That is a priority that you want a day one starter. Is Dan Moore okay? Is he sufficient? Yes. Are you just going to wait around? Are you going to bypass a potential great opportunity for a player who could be a rocket left tackle for the next decade plus just because Dan Moore is serviceable? I talked about this on Wednesday with Kevin Dotson. This new regime of Omar Khan and company said, we're not waiting on you anymore, Kevin Dotson. You can talk about all the offensive line coaches, but we're done waiting. We're filling the gap. Whether you fill it or someone else, we're not waiting around. If the Steelers want to get a left tackle, whether it's Paris Johnson Jr., if people view Peter Skaronsky of Northwestern as a tackle, or Broderick Jones, you're going to have to be aggressive. Darnell Wright of Tennessee is probably the one that they wouldn't have to be aggressive to get. I think he's going to be available at 17. Those other three... They're going to have to be aggressive to go get them. Let's go to the next position cornerback. Of course, I'm going to go with cornerback, right? If you're going with cornerback, you're talking about the big three. You're talking about Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, and JPJ, Joey Porter Jr. There's a fourth there. You want to throw in, uh, you know, Deontay Banks, Maryland guy. We know Mike Tomlin loves his Maryland, Terps, the Terrapins. Still, if you're going to get Christian Gonzalez, Witherspoon, or Joey Porter Jr., there's a chance that none of those are available at 17. So if they're not available at 17, you're going to have to be aggressive and go up and get him. And then the last one is defensive tackle slash defensive end in 3-4 scheme. There's only one player. One player in our own Shannon White spoke about him on the Hangover on Monday. He wrote an article for the website about him. It's Jalen Carter out of Georgia. Yes, off-the-field issues. Yes, there's question marks about that in terms of character, but the dude can play. And if you could draft him, you have your heir apparent to Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward could take this player under his wing, and you could have that next segue into the next dominant defensive lineman of the Steelers. But you're not going to be able to sit there at pick number 17 and just hope and pray, fingers crossed, that Jalen Carter falls that far. I, just, I don't think there's a universe right now that we live in that that's going to happen. So will the Steelers have to be aggressive and not just lucky? I've spoken about this on previous podcasts about how the Steelers, especially at the quarterback position, have been ridiculously lucky the last two times they had to draft a quarterback. And I'm not talking about Mason Rudolph, Joshua Dobbs, and Landry Jones. So in 2004, we all know the story. They're picking 11th overall. Ben Roethlisberger still on the board. Cleveland is a 10, they don't take Ben, they take Kellen Winslow Jr., and Ben Roethlisberger is the pick. They didn't move up, they didn't do what they did with Troy Palomalo in 2003, and they said we are not letting this guy get away, we're going to go up and get him. They got lucky. They got lucky that Cleveland fudged it up yet again. Go back to last draft, okay? Everyone's sitting there, we all know there's Malik Willis, there's Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, and the Steelers pick at 20. And they're waiting, okay. See the Saints, they don't take a quarterback. Falcons, they don't take a quarterback. Panthers, they don't take a quarterback. Oh my gosh, like I can't believe no one's taken a quarterback yet. And next thing you know, the Steelers get that's they, their they're on the clock. It's their it's their turn, and they have the pick of them all. Yes, you can say whatever you want about the draft class last year, whatever. They had the 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 hey whatever you go look. It's like you're at a farmer's market and you get to go through and pick whatever you want. Everything's there. And they took Kenny Pickett. They got lucky. One of those teams, if the Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers, I just named the NFC South pretty much. If they would have said, you know what, we're going to get this guy because we think he's NFL ready. We think he's going to be a good quarterback. Shoot, who knows what happens if the Steelers take Malik Willis or if they don't take a quarterback at all and go to a different, different position. They got lucky. They didn't move up. So would they be willing to, this draft, trade into the top 10? I don't know. That gives me a – I've said this before. It gives me a queasy feeling in my stomach. Last time they did that, didn't like the outcome with Devin Bush. Is it worth it? You know, you could say – okay, let's say they trade to nine with Chicago. Who are they going to get? If they trade up, if is Paris Johnson that guy? Is it Peter Skaronsky that guy? Broderick Jones, how about the cornerbacks, Devin Witherspoon, JPJ, Christian Gonzalez, are they that guy? And when I say that guy, I'm talking about they that can't miss prospect. That's the question you have to answer. And then Jalen Carter. If Jalen Carter's still there, is he that guy? I think he is that guy. There might be question marks about others, but there's even a question mark about him based on his off-the-field issues. I'm not saying that whoever they end up taking in the first round is not going to contribute. They will. Barring injury, they will. But a day one starter is a, that's different. That is a different beast altogether. And if the Steelers want one of those players, well, they might just have to be aggressive to the chagrin of a lot of fans, too. But you know what? It is what it is. It is what it is. So, all right. I'm going to talk about this in a lot more with Jeremy Jerome Betts coming up here after this break for the All Bets Are Off segment and stay tuned to the very end for a very special Heart to Heart. All right, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is Friday, second half of the show. You know what that means. It's the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jeremy? How's it going? It's going pretty good.
0: Working through uh, a sick one at the house. Yeah. Uh, just had her tonsils removed this last weekend, uh, actually a week ago, today, the day this comes out. But um, she's doing all right, and so are we. We're progressing through it. And uh, looking forward to the draft coming up, man.
1: Yeah, and you weren't on the Steelers fix this past week. Uh yeah. for, for obvious reasons. Uh Bradley Locker of behind filled in and he did Fantastic a great job. job. Yes. Uh, make sure you check out that podcast. But man, it's hard. Can you believe this is our last Friday episode before the draft? Again, next Friday, we will be talking about players that were actually selected. Yeah. That's really exciting, isn't it?
0: It it is. Um, we're gonna be talking about a first round pick and uh some guys that maybe the team passed on, maybe the team uh, went up to get I don't know it, it it's all open for us now Jeff and, and it's coming quick so I'm ready to see what all the talk has led to
1: now I, I'm a big holiday guy the big yeah. three you know okay. I, not so much Halloween just kicks it off I love Thanksgiving but Christmas is like the ultimate for me Absolutely. and there's always a part when it comes to like December 21st 22nd I kind of get bummed and I'm like mm. man it's almost here like I love the anticipation of the event and yeah. it's not that the event itself doesn't fulfill what the expectations were, but then it's like, man, well then it's over. Do you kind right. of feel that way about the draft? Like you all spend so much time, yeah. so many hours studying these players, these prospects, they uh, across the board, not just with the Steelers. It, is there a part of you that's kind of sad that it's almost here? Oh, absolutely.
0: Um, <laughs> you know, there's, it,
1: it is kind of that way where
0: you get, it, you get to the, the uh twilight before you know and it just is like um wow all of this that we've done is it gonna even mean anything by the time it's over i mean these teams are gonna start pulling names out of the hat that will be like what what is this guy doing in the second round but you know for for what it's worth though um it, it's just it's just being a fan and yeah. and getting on here and talking with you it 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 gives me a, a platform for all the stuff that's going on in my head anyway, to be able to, to get that out and talk about it. And I think as fans in in a crazy world that we live in, you know, it's just good to to talk about stuff that doesn't actually have a bearing on uh, life necessarily. Yeah. You know, the way this ends, isn't going to be doom and gloom for, for anybody in reality in actual reality. But I mean, with as much as it, you put into it though as much as especially this year i i feel like i put a lot more into it this year as i've had more opportunities to be a part of podcasts and and the fans first network growing so much and everything it's it's been a lot of fun but yeah it's going to be bittersweet when thursday april 27th comes around and all the talk becomes reality
1: It's a a healthy, or it should be, a healthy distraction uh, for a lot of people. I mean, unless you're Andrew Wilbard and you're face down in a (laughs) mouthful of carpet crying because the Steelers didn't draft Malik Willis. But that's neither here nor there. I like to poke fun at Andrew. But, you know, I do want to plug what you did for the Fans for Sports Network NFL feed. If you're listening to this, go wherever you get your podcast. Just search FFSN space NFL, and you will find our fans for sports network NFL feed. And you'll see not only our own Kevin Smith's call sheet podcast every Thursday, but the last eight days are leading up to the draft. You, Andrew Wilbar have done a division yeah. by division breakdown. It's really, really great. Uh, I wrote an article for behind the steel about the AFC North team needs that you all had really great stuff. I was really happy with it. Were you happy with it? As a question,
0: yeah, absolutely. I thought, I thought, um, you know, we were able to stay unbiased in our in our thoughts and opinions. You actually uh, were. I was listening to the <laughs> AFC North,
1: and I was like, man, this yeah. has got to be tough. Like they're talking about the Ravens, and they're probably yeah. like, shouldn't they just draft a kicker again? But no, yeah, I know. Right. What
0: you mean. I mean, it took it took everything in me to even say that maybe the Browns could finish as the <laughs> number one team in the AFC North. But it's true, you know, and yeah. so. I think it is interesting to see because there are some fans who cannot separate their, yeah. they can't take off the black and gold glasses, you know, but I, I like to be able to do that sometimes and just look at it objectively um, and, and appreciate the game for, for everything that it gives us. And so this is what was a, a great way to do that. And um, to look at roster building and um, you know, what general managers do, what front offices do is really a passion of mine it, just to see how it works. And so when you see things from another team's perspective, maybe a team that is is a Super Bowl contender that is just looking to add those couple pieces to put them over the top. Or maybe it's the, the team like the Steelers that are kind of in the middle and you're not sure. Maybe a good draft could push them all the way up to contender, a bad draft, and maybe they're sitting in the cellar of the AFC North. Or maybe it's the Bears who have just been a downtrodden franchise for years and years. And all of a sudden they've got this glimmer of hope and what are they going to do in the draft? So that type of process really intrigues me. And it opens up your eyes to a, a world of difference uh, outside of the the black and gold lenses that we that we view the world with most of the time. So it's been a lot of fun that way.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you a question that is more NFL draft. There's more of a, a broad based question, let's say. And we rewind the tape back to I'm trying to think how old you are. You're like 10 years younger than I am. So let's go back. Jeff. 29. Huh? You're 29. 29, you're almost, you're almost yeah. to 10 years. So like, let's go back to your college days and let's say yeah. you're a premier football player at a big time division one school yeah. and you are going to be a drafted player. In fact, people are saying that you could be a late first round pick Ooh. and the NFL calls you up or they talk to your representative either way. And they say, Jeremy, we're impressed with you, man. We want you in at the draft. We want you there in the green room so that when you get drafted, you go out on the stage, you, you, shake Roger Goodell's hand, do a hug, handshake, fist bump, yeah. whatever. Are you taking that invite? Or are you doing what Kenny Pickett did last year and saying, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to be watching from home with my family and friends yeah. at a specific venue. What would you do?
0: I am taking the invite and I'm going, I want <laughs> as much, I want as much screen time as possible, <laughs> uh, on those millions of TVs and homes everywhere. Now, nah, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of. Yes, absolutely. I I would probably take the invitation because I would, I'm one of the guys who, one of these guys who just has to be at the at the front of what's going on if I possibly can. Uh, I I hate to sit in the background, but I do understand. Like, obviously, getting to spend that time with your family, everything that you've gone through as a family to get to that point, that's a huge deal. So obviously, I want my family there with me uh, in the green room, but I would want to be there. I want to, I would want to walk out on that stage. I would want to get the, the Jersey with the one handed to me. I, I would want to shake Roger Goodell's hand and, uh, slap him on the back a couple times and, you know, and just be there to experience the, the hoorahs and the who from the, the crowd. And just, just all that. Give me as much of that as, as you can inject it into my veins. That's me. All right.
1: Let, let's, I, I have a trivia question for you. Who was the last Steelers draft pick that walked across the stage and actually shook Roger Goodell's hand? Was it Terrell Edmonds? Ah, there's one after that
0: one after that. Okay. Let's, let's go Devin Bush. I think he there had you a, go. Devin Bush fancy in the, suit on Yeah.
1: the stupid black and white suit, yeah. because remember yeah. <laughs> no first, no first round pick in 2020, Chase Claypool was their top pick in the second round. Najee Harris was in the Bay area. I think he was at a a homeless shelter. I believe they had an event there for raising money for those that are homeless. And last year, Kenny Pickett was in New Jersey with his family and friends. So they're a little bit of a tidbit of trivia. I have to watch that stuff way too much. So (laughs) let's (laughs) let's talk about the Steelers. Let's talk about a position. We actually talked about last week. I was talking about strengths and weaknesses and I brought up wide receiver and you were kind of like, just say the same way I was, I don't even know. Like, is it a strength? Is it not? Well, Allen Robinson now is in the mix. Mm -hmm. Does that move the needle for you at all in terms of strength or weakness?
0: I would say you've got a veteran in the room now that has a lot of experience and um, has experience with uh, this is something that, that I didn't even catch until this morning, reading some tweets that, um, he played with Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, mm-hmm. and so there's that connection there. So to me, that that talks about the organization coming up to to Trubisky and saying, "Hey, what do you think about this guy? It, can we, if he passes his physical, is is he going to be all in? Is he going to give us a uh, hundred percent? Because maybe we're not sure if that's the case over two injury played years and a and a year in Chicago where they just threw the season away basically, and uh, he didn't have a quarterback for half a year, so." To me, I think the addition of Allen Robinson solidifies the group. So, and what I mean by that is that you just, you've added another layer to it, a, a foundational layer to it, of a, a bedrock layer to it, kind of like Heinz Ward was for early AB and Santonio Holmes and, and all these guys. And I'm not saying, obviously, that it, um, oh man, Allen Robinson, Robinson is, yes. yeah, is Heinz Ward. Um, by any means. he He's not that caliber of player or that caliber of leader, really. But you're talking about a guy with the experience and, and that veteran knowledge. And maybe he just grounds your unit a little bit more. And if that's all he does for this group and provides some, some uh, possession down work, uh, then I think that that's an improvement. So I would say you've got a wide receiver core that has a little bit of everything now, and that makes it a big plus for your team.
1: I agree. I I like the Allen Robinson signing. Talked about it a little bit on my Wednesday show. Mainly, you know why I like it the most is what did they have to give up? A yeah. seventh round pick? They pick up five million of his of his contract. Like that's they, they can manage that. They're fine right. with that. Um, they haven't done anything with extensions or restructures, really. Uh, and so uh, but they did Minka earlier in, in the offseason. But still, I like this because it's a low risk move. Yeah, It's a high reward, and I'm going to mention on Wednesday afternoon, Jim Wexel, who is on our Steel City Insider podcast, he had Bryant McFadden on, uh, two-time Super Bowl champion and cousin of Patrick Peterson, and they talked about this, Alan Robinson, and he said, Jim Wexel, that is, I think this could be a Jericho Cottry type signing for the Steelers. And, and and Brian McFadden was like, I was here when Cotri came in and had 10 touchdowns. And he's, he said, he's definitely that type of player. He's yeah. not a player that is me first. He's a team first guy. He does it the right way. He's not flashy, but he does it the right way. He'll be able to lead. I think this is a really good signing, but how does this impact the Steelers draft or does it at all? When it comes to wide receiver, what do you think?
0: I think it does. When it comes to wide receiver, I think, I think the team was probably looking at adding a pass catcher at some point in the draft. Uh, and now I think that their focus probably shifts to tight end. And mm-hmm. we saw that with um, the late uh, arrival of Darnell Washington from Georgia, who Jeff, I'll just say it right here. If if Darnell Washington ends up a Pittsburgh Steeler, then uh, I don't care about the other picks. This is all I care about. That guy to, that guy, to me unlocks the Steelers offense in a way that makes it that gives them a chance to be a a, a unit that
1: teams fear, and You're I don't talking think we, pick seventeen or thirty two. No, I'm talking
0: pick thirty two. If he's still there at thirty two, and the Steelers pick him there, um, then or uh, say they trade out a seventeen because they they don't like the crop that's left there, uh, and they get a deal, and they they want to move back, and maybe they take him at the back end of the first round. I think he's a he is a late first round, early second round type player. But I think he changes this offense for the better because you can put him on the field in any package and he can help your offense, whether that's catching the ball or or run blocking and uh, how he plays, the style he plays. He, he is a Matt Canada offense unlocking chess piece. And I hope that they see that and make a play for him if he's available to them.
1: And that, is that your prospect of the week? Not that we're going there yet, but is that your <laughs> prospect of the week? <laughs>
0: Not really because he's more of a high profile one okay. that people know about. I've been no, trying to enough. do some under the radar guys, but um but I would I would tell you right now that um in most mocks that I do, if he's there, I'm taking him. And it just is it just seems like a, a natural fit to what the Steelers want to do. And I think that Zach Gentry is easily replaceable on this team and he would be way better than Gentry in F facet and be the the body type that they were hoping they were getting with, with gentry as well.
1: This is the, that would be a pick, not necessarily Washington himself, but the tight end position would be a pick yeah. that no one is really thinking about. I mean, if you listen to our podcast network, if you listen to other podcast networks or hear people that we have on shows, whether it's my Monday morning conversation, everyone seems to be funneling in the same positions, yeah. cornerback, right. offensive tackle, inside linebacker, sometimes edge, uh, but no one is really talking about tight end in what most consider a very deep tight end class. This yeah. would be the pick that everyone would go, Oh my gosh, why would they do this? But then what you're saying yeah. is, If they do this, this would be a really good pick. I find that fascinating. I think it's exciting.
0: It Let's- would be a total replay of just a couple of years ago when they passed on like Creed Humphrey as at, yeah. at center and went with Pat Fryermuth, and everybody was like, What is this? And now would you go back and change it? I don't think many Steelers fans would at this point.
1: I want them to draft a center this draft.
0: I agree. Yeah, that'd be great. I,
1: I would. I would love. You know, let's say Washington's not there, pick thirty-two. If you have one, whether it's Schmitz or the Ohio State or Wisconsin guy that you like, and you think that could be your center for the next decade plus, there's a reason why on Wednesday in my mailbag, someone asked me to do a word association with Mason Cole, and I said stopgap. Yeah. He's, he's not the long-term answer. So get your long-term answer. I would love that. But let's do a prediction here. Okay. The next time we talk, the Steelers will, I would hope, have made a pick in the first yes. round of the NFL draft. <laughs> Just positionally, if you're giving your prediction in the first round, we're not even going to say number 17. It could be any number. The Steelers select what position. Give me your prediction.
0: Ooh, it's uh it's cornerback. I think it is. Um, and so if any one of the big three are there, he's the selection, I believe yeah, in my mind. And, and I, I would say that even if, um, even if Roger Jones is still available at offensive tackle, I would still say mm. that they're going to grab the cornerback. And, um, so if, if one of those guys isn't available, it it does become a little bit more of a a head scratcher. What are they going to do? I think that they might lean towards one of the edge rusher guys um, that might be available there in the first round. If they just, if cornerback is not the option, Um, but Deontay banks, um, I would say uh, let's see uh, Tyreek Stevenson, who they've shown a lot of interest in and, uh, even are reported to have a first round grade on one of the few teams that have that he might be in play. Um, so I would say the the odds on favorite, if I was a betting man, I'd go cornerback uh, for this draft for the first. All time. right. That's what we've been talking about.
1: It's going to be exciting, man. Let's do one final prospect of the week before the actual draft kicks off next week. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. So he's actually one of the guys that um, I wrote about this last week. Uh, well, it actually just came out. Uh, I believe on on Wednesday, um, seven players that uh, I believe look like Steelers uh, when they play the game of football, and uh, it's a center, Jeff. And it's a it's a center though that I think that they could get in the third or fourth round, and not have to spend one of those uh, second round picks on it, and still get a guy that you groom for a year under um, under Mason Cole. And then he is your starter at center for the long haul down the road. And that is John Gaines the second out of UCLA. This Mm. guy is a monster Uh, for a center. He's big six foot four, 303. He's big for what the Steelers like, but he has all the athleticism and all the length that you want from your center. If you're the Steelers. So this guy can get out on the edge uh, and, and pull Uh, this guy can call all the protections he, he's very valuable because if the Steelers needed him this year to hop in at guard or even right tackle, he could even do that. Uh, so he's got experience all along the offensive line, but he projects best as a guard center. If you talk to Daniel Jeremiah, he says he's a center at the next level. So to me, this guy could be the guy you groom for a year and he has all the size that you want, all the length that you want all the athleticism that you want. Go check this guy out. He pushes people around in the run game and he has a fantastic anchor and he gets to where he needs to be quickly um, because he's so athletic. So uh, he can help your team in a lot of ways. He's he's uh, graded as an average backup, but I think he has a lot of potential to to be a guy that, that can provide your team a lot of quality starts uh, down the road in his career if you're not relying on him to start right away.
1: It's good to know, man. I I, did, I'm not, I wasn't aware of that player. So thanks for that. I appreciate it. Let's go to what you're working on when the Steelers fix podcast coming up next yep. week, which I'm sure is going to be all reactionary in terms of the draft. Uh, and then also on the website, go ahead. So we have one more Steelers
0: fix podcast before the draft. So we will be just, it'll just be like a draft of Palooza. If you will, uh, we're going to talk about everything that you could possibly think of when it in regards to the Steeler draft, what they could do at 17, um, what the trade scenarios are like and, and how those, um, you know, how we would maybe even rank those trade scenarios uh, uh, as far as what we would like to see happen. Um, we're going to talk about some late round picks that could, uh, that the Steelers could have their eye on some of the rumors that Andrew's been hearing from uh, some of the, his contacts that he made at the combine. And we're just going to break it all down for you and try to leave you with um, a really good idea of what the Steelers could do, uh, on that Thursday. And then, uh, we'll, I'm sure I'll be writing up, uh, last year I did stock reports for the different position groups. I think I'm, uh, up to maybe do that again. We'll see, uh, for the draft. So just keep an eye on that. And I might have one more mock draft coming out before, uh, the actual draft happens. So looking forward to
1: it. I totally forgot that It's not till next Thursday and your show runs on Tuesday. It's a brain fart. My fault. Make sure you check out the Steelers fix. Jeremy, thanks for your time. As always, we'll talk next Friday after the Steelers finally make a pick. Have a good week, man. You too. All right. See ya. All right. A big thank you to Jeremy Jerome Betts, as he always does for taking the time on a Friday to talk Steelers football. Love some of his answers to some of the questions. And just a reminder, I don't, I don't give him the questions that I'm going to ask ever. He literally comes into the studio, of the virtual studio, and I just pepper him every single Friday. That's not easy, by the way. All these fans out there that might be like, oh, man, Jeremy's kind of like to kind of dance around questions. I'd love to see you come on and answer these questions. Yeah, I'll bring you on. We'll do it. Might You might find it's more difficult than you think. All right, let's finish this up like we always do with the heart-to-heart. So, recently, uh, my nephew, who's in the Marine Corps, he uh, came back home, visited. It was great to see him. Uh, good to kind of check on his mentals, so to speak. And uh, he's in a good spot. He's in a good spot. But the kid's had a tough upbringing. I want to going to go a little way from football here for a second, but I hope you just bear with me. Um, checking on his mentals because, man, like I said, th- that kid's been through the ringer, and he's turning it around. And I, I think that it's important for us as human beings to realize that sometimes we go through some really tough times. And there's times where we feel like nothing is going our way. And it's not until you get through it that you realize a couple things. It could be that in hindsight, all that difficulty made you who you are today and formed you into what you are. Or maybe. All that difficulty, the the negativity or maybe the the just the challenges that you're experiencing were almost like labor pains and, and what's coming out is something that's so momentous and joyous that you just got to get through it. And so my nephew is a perfect example of someone who was willing to go through it. and I'm not just talking about boot camp. He's been in the Marine Corps for more than two years. It's not that. It's that to get through some of the things that he's gotten through, You realize that after the fact, you can look back and say, it kind of made me who I am. And that can be a good thing, even though right now it might feel like it's just everything piling on. So if you have that, if if I'm checking on your mentals right now, my message for you is to stay strong. Keep your head up, keep churning away. Like think about Najee Harris needing that one yard on a fourth and short, and he's churning those legs. Don't stop pushing. I hope you take that into this weekend. hope you take it into next week, and maybe something will turn around. I believe it will. All right, folks, that does it for me on this Friday. I hope you have a great week. Next week is the NFL Draft. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming up, both on the Steel Curtain Network and Fans First Sports Network. Make sure you check out the Here We Go Steelers show today at noon and all of our content over the weekend, like the homies and the State of the Steelers. You know how we finish it out here, right? Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you on Monday.
0: We'll be